Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering. Chapters 18 and 19 How Hamadpant was accepted and blessed. In the last two chapters, Hamadpant described how a rich gentleman, aspiring for quick Brahmanyana, was treated by Baba. Now, in these two chapters, he describes how Amadpant himself was accepted and blessed by Baba, how Baba encouraged good thoughts and brought them to fruition and gave his teachings regarding self-improvement, gossip, and remuneration for labor. Sai Baba imparts spiritual instructions. It is a well-known fact that the Sadguru looks first to the qualifications of his disciples, then gives them suitable instructions, and leads them on to the goal of self-realization. In this respect, some say that what the Sadguru teaches or instructs should not be divulged to others. They think that their instructions become useless if they are published. This view is not correct. The Sadguru is like a monsoon cloud. He pours down profusely, widely scattering his nectar-like teachings. These we should enjoy and assimilate to our heart's content and then serve others with them without any reserve. This rule should apply not only to what he teaches in our waking state, but to the visions he gives us in our dreams. One example of this is when Buddha Kaushi Rishi composed his celebrated Ramraksha Stotra, which he had seen in his dream. Like a loving mother, forcing bitter but wholesome medicines down the throats of her children for the sake of their health, Sai Baba imparted spiritual instructions to his devotees. His method was not veiled or secret, but quite open. The devotees who followed his instructions reached their aim. Sadgurus like Sai Baba open the eyes of our intellect and show us the divine beauty of the self and fulfill our tender longings of devotion. When this is done, our desire for sense objects vanish. The twin fruits of Viveka and Vairagya come to our hands and knowledge sprouts up even in sleep. All this we get when we come in contact with the saints serve them, and secure their love. The Lord, who fulfills the desires of his devotees, comes to our aid, removes our troubles and sufferings, and makes us happy. This progress or development is entirely due to the help of the Sadguru, 
who is regarded as the Lord himself. And so we should always follow the Sadguru, hear his stories, and fall at his feet and serve him. Now we come to our main story. Baba gives instructions during sleep. There was a gentleman named Mr. Sate. He had attained some renown many years before during the Crawford regime. He suffered severe losses in trade. Other adverse circumstances gave him much trouble and made him sad and dejected. Being restless, he thought of leaving home to go to a distant place. Man does not generally think of God except when difficulties and calamities overtake him. Then he turns to God and prays for relief. If his evil actions have come to an end, God arranges his meeting with a saint who gives him proper directions regarding his welfare. Mr. Sate had a similar experience. His friends advised him to go to Shirdi, where so many people were flocking to get Sai Baba's darshan to receive peace of mind and fulfillment of their desires. He liked the idea and at once went to Shirdi in 1917. Seeing Baba's form, which was like eternal Brahman, self-luminous, spotless, and pure, his mind lost its restlessness and became calm and composed. He thought that it was the accumulation of merits from his former birth that brought him to the holy feet of Baba. He was a man of strong will. He at once started to make a study of the Guru Charitra. When the Sapta, seven days of reading the Guru Charitra, was finished, Baba gave him a vision that night. It was to this effect. Baba, with the Guru Charitra in his hand, was explaining its contents to Mr. Sate who was sitting in front and listening carefully. When he woke up, he remembered the dream and felt very happy. He thought that it was extremely kind of Baba, who awakens souls like this that are snoring in ignorance and makes them taste the nectar of Guru Charitra. Next day, he informed Kaka Sahib of his vision and requested him to consult Baba regarding its meaning or significance, and whether one softer reading was sufficient, or whether he should begin again. When a suitable opportunity arrived, Kaka Sahib asked Baba, Deva, what do you suggest to Mr. Sate from this vision? Should he stop or continue the Sapta? He is a simple devotee, his desire should be fulfilled and the vision explained to him, and he should be blessed. Baba replied, He should make one more sapta of the book. If the work is studied carefully, the devotee will become pure and will benefit. The Lord will be pleased 
and will rescue him from the bondage of mundane existence. A mud punt was present at this time and was shampooing Baba's legs. When he heard Baba's words, he thought, What? Mr. Sate has read it only for a week and received a reward? I have been reading it for forty years with no result. His seven-day stay here became fruitful, while my seven-year stay goes for nothing. Like a Chatak bird, I am ever waiting for the merciful cloud to pour its nectar on me and bless me with his instruction. No sooner did this thought cross his mind than Baba knew it, then and there. It was the experience of his bhaktas that Baba read and understood all their thoughts, suppressed the evil thoughts, and encouraged the good ones. Reading Hamad Pant's mind, Baba at once asked him to get up and go to Shama, get 15 rupees from him as Dakshana, and to chat with him for a while and then return. Mercy dawned in Baba's mind, so he issued this order. Who could disobey Baba's order? Hamad Pant immediately left the masjid and went to Shama's house. Shama had just bathed and was wearing a dhoti. He came out and asked Hamad Pant, How is it that you are here now? It seems that you have come from the masjid. Why do you look restless and dejected? Why are you alone? Please sit and rest. I shall do my worship and return. In the meanwhile, please take some betel nuts and let us have a pleasant chat. After saying this, he went inside, and Hamad Pant sat alone in the front veranda. In the window, he saw a well-known Marathi book, the Nat Bhagavat. It is St. Eknath's commentary on the 11th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. At the recommendation of Sai Baba, every day Jog and Kaka Saheb read Yaneshwari, the Bhagavad Gita with Marathi commentary, and also Eknath's Ramayana. When devotees came to Baba and asked him certain questions, he sometimes answered them in part and asked them to go and listen to the readings of these works, which are the main treaties of the Bhagavat Dharma. When the devotees went and listened, they received full and satisfactory replies to their questions. Hamadpant also used to read some portions of the Bhagavat daily. That day, he did not complete the daily portion of his reading, but had left it unfinished in order to accompany some devotees who were going to the masjid. When he took the book from Shama's window and casually opened it, he found to his surprise that it opened to the part he had not completed. He thought that Baba very kindly sent him to Shama's house so he could complete his daily reading. So he went through the unfinished portion and completed it. As soon as this was over, Shama came out after completing his worship 
and the following conversation took place between them. Hamad Pant said, I have come with a message from Baba. He asked me to get 15 rupees as dakshina from you, sit with you for a while and have a pleasant chit-chat, then return to the masjid with you. Shama said with surprise, I have no money to give. Take my 15 namaskaras in lieu of rupees as dakshina to Baba. Hamad Pant said, All right, your namaskaras are accepted. Now let us have a chit-chat. Tell me some stories and leelas of Baba, which will destroy our karmas. Shama said, Then sit here for a while. Wonderful is the sport of this god, Baba. You know it already. I am a village rustic, where you are an enlightened citizen. You have seen many more leelas since your coming here. How can I describe them to you? We'll take these betel nuts and chunam leaves and eat while I go in and dress. In a few minutes, Shama came out and sat and talked with Hamad Pant. He said, The leela of this god, Baba, is inscrutable. There is no end to his leelas. Who can see them? He sports with his leelas. Still, he is unaffected by them. What do we rustics know? Why does Baba Nat tell stories himself? Why does he send learned men like you to fools like me? His ways are inconceivable. I can only say that they are not human. With this preface, Shama added, I now remember a story, which I shall relate to you. I know of it personally. If a devotee is resolute and determined, so is Baba's immediate response. Sometimes Baba puts the devotees to the test, then gives them upadesh. As soon as Hamadpant heard the word upadesh, a flash of lightning crossed through his mind. He immediately remembered the story of Mr. Sate's Guru Charitra reading and thought that Baba might have sent him to Shama in order to give peace to his restless mind. However, he curbed this feeling and began to listen to Shama's stories. They all showed how kind and affectionate Baba was to his devotees. Hamagpant began to feel joy while hearing them. Then Shama began to tell the following story. Radhabai There was an old woman by the name of Radhabai who was the mother of Deshmukh. Hearing of Baba's fame, she came to Shirdi. She had Baba's darshan and was much satisfied. She loved Baba immediately and resolved that she would accept Baba as her guru and receive upadesh from him. She knew nothing else. She was determined to fast until death, until Baba accepted her and gave her upadesh. She stayed in her lodging and did not take food or water for three days. 
I was frightened by the ordeal of the old woman and interceded with Baba on her behalf. I said, Deva, what is it that you have started? You drag so many people here. You know that old lady. She is very obstinate and depends on you entirely. She is resolved to fast unto death if you don't accept an instructor. If anything worse happens, people will blame you and say that Baba did not instruct her, and consequently she met her death. So take some mercy on her, bless her, and instruct her. On seeing her determination, Baba sent for her and changed her mind by addressing her like this. O mother, why are you subjecting yourself to unnecessary tortures and hastening your death? You are really my mother, and I am your child. Take pity on me and hear me through. I will tell you my own story, which, if you listen carefully, will do you good. I had a guru. He was a great saint and most merciful. I served him long, very long. Still, he would not blow any mantra into my ears. I had a keen desire never to leave him, but to stay and serve him, and at all costs, receive some instructions from him. But he had his own way. First, he had my head shaved and asked me for two paisa. I gave them at once. If you say my guru is perfect, why should he ask me for money? How can he be called desireless? I reply that he never cared for coins. What had he to do with them? His two coins were firm faith and patience, or cheerful endurance. I gave these two things to him, and he was pleased. I stayed with my guru for twelve years. He brought me up. There was no lack of food and clothing. He was full of love. No, he was love incarnate. How can I describe it? He loved me most. Rare is a guru like him. When I looked at him, he seemed as if he was going in deep meditation. And we both were filled with bliss. Night and day, I gazed at him with no thought of hunger and thirst. Without him, I felt restless. I had no other object to meditate on nor any other thing than my guru to attend. He was my sole refuge. My mind was always fixed on him. This nishta, faith, is one coin. Saburi, patience, is the other coin. I waited patiently and serve my guru a long time. 
Sabori will ferry you across the ocean of this mundane existence. Sabori is manliness in man. It removes all sins and afflictions, gets rid of calamities in various ways, casts aside all fear, and ultimately gives you success. Sabori is the mine of virtues, consort of good thought. Faith and patience are like twin sisters, loving each other very intimately. My guru never expected any other thing from me. He never neglected me and protected me at all times. I lived with him, but was sometimes away from him. Still, I never felt the want or absence of his love. He always protected me by his glance. Just as a tortoise feeds her young ones by her loving looks, whether they are near her or away from her on the other side of the riverbank. A mother, my guru never taught any mantra to me. Then how shall I blow a mantra in your ear? Just remember that the guru's tortoise-like loving glance gives us happiness. Do not try to get a mantra or upadesh from anyone. Make me the sole focus of your thoughts and actions, and you will, no doubt, attain paramatma. Look to me wholeheartedly, and I, in turn, will look to you. Sitting in this masjid, I speak the truth, nothing but the truth. No sadness, nor proficiency in the six shastras are necessary. Have faith and confidence in your guru. Believe fully that the guru is a sole actor or doer. Blessed is he who knows the greatness of his guru and thinks him to be Hari, Hara, and Brahma incarnate. Instructed in this way, the old lady was convinced. She bowed to Baba and gave up her fast. Hearing this story carefully and attentively and marking its significance and appropriateness, Ahmad Pant was very happy. Seeing this wonderful Leela Baba, he was moved from top to toe, overflowing with joy and choked up, unable to utter a single word. Shama, on seeing him in this condition, asked, What is the matter with you? Why are you silent? How many innumerable Leelas can I describe? Just at that moment, the bell in the masjid began to ring, proclaiming that the noon worship and arti had begun. Shama and Hamad Pant hurried to the masjid. Bapu Saheb had started the worship. Women were up in the masjid and men were standing below in the open courtyard. And all were singing the arti loudly in chorus accompaniment of drums. Shama went up, pulling Hamad Pant with him. He sat to the right of Hamad Pant in front of Baba. 
On seeing them, Baba asked Hamad Pant to give the dakshina wrought from Shama. He replied that Shama gave namaskars in lieu of rupees and that he was there in person. Baba said, All right, now let me know whether you both had a chit-chat. And if so, tell me what you talked about. Not minding the sounds of the bell, the drum, and the chorus songs, Hamad Pant was eager to tell what they had talked about and started to narrate it. Baba was also anxious to hear, and so he leaned forward away from the bolster. Hamad Pant said everything they talked about was very pleasant, and especially the story of the old lady was most wonderful. On hearing it, he thought that Baba's Leela was inexplicable, and under the guise of that story, Baba actually blessed him. Baba then said, Wonderful is a story. How were you blessed? I would like to know everything in detail from you, so tell me. Then Hamad Pat related the story in full, which had made such a lasting impression on his mind. Hearing this, Baba was very pleased and asked, Did the story strike you, and did you catch its significance? He replied, Yes, Baba, the restlessness of my mind has vanished, and I have true peace and repose, and have come to know the true path. Then Baba spoke, My method is quite unique. Remember well this one story. It will be very useful. To get the knowledge of the self, meditation is necessary. If you practice it continuously, thoughts will be pacified. Being totally desireless, you should meditate on the Lord, who is in all creatures. When the mind is concentrated, the goal will be achieved. Meditate always on my formless nature, which is knowledge, consciousness, and bliss incarnate. If you cannot do this, meditate on my form from top to toe, as you see here night and day. As you go on doing this, your thoughts will be concentrated on one point. Then the distinction between the meditator, the act of meditation, and what is meditated on will disappear and the meditator will be one with consciousness and will be merged in Brahman. The mother tortoise is on one bank of the river and her young ones are on the other side. She neither gives milk nor warmth to them. Her mere glance gives them nutrition. The young ones do nothing but remember their mother. The tortoise's glance is a downpour of nectar to her young ones, the only source of sustenance and happiness. Similar is the relationship between the guru and disciple. 
When Baba uttered these last words, the chorus of the Arti songs stopped, and all cried loudly in one voice, Victory to our Sadguru, Sai Maharaj, who is existence, consciousness, and bliss. Dear readers, let us imagine that we are standing among the crowd in the masjid, and let us join them in this Jaya Jayakar. After the arti ceremony was over, prasad was distributed. Bapu Sahib advanced as usual, and after saluting Baba, gave a handful of sugar candy in his hand. Baba put all of it into Hamant Pant's hand and said to him, If you take this story to heart and remember it well, your state will be as sweet as a sugar candy. All your desires will be fulfilled, and you will be happy. Ahmad Pant bowed before Baba and implored him, Do favor me like this. Bless me and protect me always, Baba. Baba replied, Hear the story, meditate on it, and assimilate its spirit. Then you will always remember and meditate on the Lord who will manifest himself to you. Dear readers, Hamadpant received prasad of sugar candy then. Now we get the prasad of the nectar of this story. Let us drink it to our heart's content, meditate on it, assimilate it, and be strong and happy by Baba's grace. Amen. Toward the end of the 19th chapter, Hamad Pant had dealt with some other matters which are given here. Baba's Advice Regarding Our Behavior The following words of Baba are general and invaluable. If they are kept in mind and acted upon, they will always do you good. Unless there is some relationship or connection, nobody goes anywhere. If any man or creature comes to you, do not discourteously drive them away, but receive and treat them well, with due respect. God will certainly be pleased if you give water to the thirsty, bread to the hungry, clothes to the naked, and your veranda to strangers for sitting and resting. If anybody wants any money from you and you are not inclined to give it, do not give it, but do not bark at him like a dog. Let anybody speak hundreds of things against you. Do not resent them by giving any bitter reply. If you always tolerate such things, you will certainly be happy. Let the world go upside down. You remain where you are. Standing or staying in your own place, look on calmly at the show of all things passing before you. Demolish the wall of difference that separates you from me, and then the road for our meeting will be clear and open. The sense of differentiation, I and you, 
is the barrier that keeps the disciple away from his master. Unless that is destroyed, the state of union is not possible. Alamali, God is a sole proprietor. No one else is our protector. His method of work is extraordinary, inestimable, and inscrutable. His will be done, and he will show us the way and satisfy our heart's desires. It is on account of Ranubanda that we have come together. Let us love and serve each other and be happy. He who attains the supreme goal of life is immortal and happy. All others merely exist. Encouraging Good Thoughts It is interesting to note how Sai Baba encouraged good thoughts. You have to surrender yourself completely to him with love and devotion, and then you will see how he helps you in so many things. A saint said that when you have a good thought, immediately after awakening from sleep, and if you develop this during the day, your intellect will expand and your mind will attain calmness. Hamadpat wanted to try this. One Wednesday night before going to bed, he thought, tomorrow is Thursday, an auspicious day in a holy place, Shirdi. Let me pass the whole day in remembering and chanting the Ramanama the name of Rama. Then he slept. The next morning when he got up, he remembered the name of Rama without any effort and was much pleased. Then after finishing his morning duties, he went to Baba with flowers. When he left Dixit's water and was passing Bhuti's water, he heard a beautiful song sung to Baba in the Masjid. The song was by Ekna. In it he says that he received collyrium in the form of the Guru's grace, which opened his vision and made him see Rama inside and out, in sleep, dream, and waking state, everywhere. There were so many songs. Why did the singer choose this particular song? Is this not a curious coincidence arranged by Baba to encourage Hamadpan's determination to sing the name Rama unceasingly during the day? All saints stress the importance of uttering Rama's name to fulfill the ambitions of devotees and protect and save them from all calamities. Variety of Baba's Instructions, and Slanderer Admonished. Sai Baba required no special place, nor any special time, to give instructions. He gave them freely whenever an occasion demanded. Once it so happened that a devotee of Baba 
reviled another behind his back. While leaving aside merits, he dwelt on the faults of his brother and spoke so sarcastically that the hearers were disgusted. Generally, we can see that people have a tendency to scandalize others unnecessarily, bringing about hatred and ill will. Saints see scandal in another light. They say there are various ways of cleansing or removing dirt by means of earth, water, and soap. But a gossip monger has a way of his own. He removes the dirt of others by his tongue. So in a way, he obliges the person whom he reviles, and for this he is to be thanked. Sai Baba had his own method of correcting the gossip monger. He knew through his omniscience what the slanderer had done. At noon, when he met him near Lundy, Baba pointed out a pig that was eating filth near the fence and said, Behold how the pig is gorging dung with relish. Your conduct is similar. You go on reviling your brethren to your heart's content. After performing many deeds of merit, you are born a man. If you act like this, will surely help you in any way? Needless to say, the devotee took the lesson to heart and went away. In this way, Baba went on giving instructions whenever necessary. If these are accepted in our minds and acted upon, the spiritual goal is not far off. There is a proverb that says, If my Lord is there, he will feed me on my cot. This proverb is true in respect to food and clothing. But if anyone trusts this and sits quietly doing nothing in spiritual matters, he will be ruined. One has to exert himself to his utmost to attain self-realization. The more he endeavors, the better for him. Baba said that he was omniscient, occupying land and air, county and world, light and heaven, and that he was not limited. To remove the misunderstanding of those who thought that Baba was only his body, three cubits and a half in length, he incarnated in this form, so that if any devotee meditated on him day and night with complete self-surrender, he experienced complete union with him, like sweetness and sugar, waves and sea, eye and its sight. He who wants to end the cycle of births and deaths should lead a virtuous life, with his mind calm and composed. He should always engage in good actions, should do his duties, and surrender heart and soul to him. Then he need not be afraid of anything. He who trusts Baba entirely, hears and talks of his leelas, and does not think of anything else, is sure to attain self-realization.
Baba asked many to remember his name and surrender to him. But to those who wanted to know who they were, he advised study and meditation. To some he advised remembering God's name, to others hearing his leelas, to some worship of his feet, to others reading and studying the Ramayana, the Ineshwari, and other sacred scriptures. Some he made sit near his feet, some he sent to Khandova's temple, some he advised the repetition of the thousand names of Vishnu, and some the study of the Chandogya Upanishad and Gita. There was no limit nor restriction to his instructions. To some he gave them in person, to others by vision and dreams. To one addicted to drink, he appeared in his dream, sat on his chest pressing down, and only released him after the person promised not to touch liquor anymore. To some he explained mantras in dreams, like Guru Brahma. To some devotees who were practicing Hatha Yoga, he sent word that they should leave off Hatha Yoga and sit quietly and wait. It is impossible to describe all his ways and methods. In ordinary worldly dealings, he set examples by his actions, one of which is given here. Renumeration for Labor One day at noon, Baba came near Radhakrishna Mai's house and said, Bring me a ladder. Some men brought it and set it against the house as directed by Baba. He climbed up the roof of another man's house, passed over the roof of Radhamai's house, then got down from the other corner. What aim Baba had, no one knew. At the same time, Radhakrishna Mai was shivering with malaria. It may be to drive off the fever that Baba went there. Immediately after getting down, Baba paid two rupees to the people who brought the ladder. Somebody asked Baba why he paid so much for this. He replied that no one should take the labor of others. The worker should be paid his dues promptly and liberally. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapinaconda.org